When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Let me be the first to wish you a happy Victory Tuesday. Welcome into another Dolphins Podcast. It's the day we were all waiting for. Joshua Houts, we have made it the first Victory Week of the football season, man, I got to ask you one simple question. Mondays feel a little different, don't they? Absolutely, man. Check your pulse if you're not fired up, right? This is a Tua, Tua's Day episode because um, we're definitely going to talk about Tua. But, dude, it's just so awesome to have football back and to see the way they played, you know, with all the adversity. It was just an awesome game. So this is the greatest Monday, you know, that we've experienced in a long time. I'm doing okay today, Jake. How have you been? Dude, I am doing great. I'm not too a great. I'd say I'm Justin Herbert great. You know, I might average seven yards of completion. I might complete 23 of 33 passes. But at the end of this, I'm still going to cry a little bit. That's kind of the Justin Herbert way. I might even cut my hair. Joshua, can you believe it took one game for, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, one game it took, Tua going 28 for 45, 466 yards, three tutties, was enough to make him tied for the favorite to win mvp dude that's bananas yeah what what timeline are we on right there has to be this has to be a dream we have to wake up i mean this does feel um like everything we've always wanted and it's crazy to see those odds shift and just the entire uh you know persona around to a tongue of my low right you got people apologizing in articles people you know admitting that they made mistakes and yeah it just feels so different and it just feels like you know you have some satisfaction because we kind of felt like Tua was the guy and just felt like he needed to, you know, stay healthy. And that's really all it is, right? I mean, he went out there and delivered in this game, man. 466 yards, like you said. Um, he did have that interception. I'm going to say you're a Tua stand because you didn't even mention that or that uh, lost fumble. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, this was probably his best game, you know, arguably that we've seen and three yards shy of his best passing performance, which was against the Baltimore Ravens. So, hell of a performance, man. That offense was just psycho killer. It was just so impressive to watch because – we, we can only go off what we know, right? You know, the, the whole reason why the lefty quarterback doesn't work is because it hasn't happened before. The whole reason the short quarterback doesn't work is because it's Drew Brees and a bunch of nothing. We're seeing it, man. We are seeing everything unfold in such a unique way for this Miami Dolphins team to be successful in this system. There is one place, though, Joshua, I really want to start this conversation because there was a moment in this game. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you get what was the moment where you thought to yourself, it's happening. This is going out of control. It's spiraling. We are doomed. Because there's one play I started losing my mind. Can you guess what it was? I mean, the one that stuck out to me was the interception. That I mean, were you gonna right? I mean, that's when I kind of felt like, oh no, things are going south. What what were you what were you talking about? Because I'm I'm just drawing a blank. This could be the Dory memory. The Miami Dolphins made an absolute statement. Statement Tutty. Tyree Kill, four yards out from Tua. Perfect over-the-shoulder catch. The Dolphins have the opportunity, Josh. They have a chance to make it a one-possession game. They have a chance to 
have an opportunity, even if the Chargers move the ball, with this awesome, awesome offense. The Dolphins will be okay because we'll be up three points. Nah. I'm still not sure what you're what you're Jason referring Sanders to. missing that extra point. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Maybe yeah, yeah. had to go yeah. three points. You had to spell that one out for me. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I guess that definitely you kind of felt sick to your stomach, right? Like this is the same old Dolphins, but I have to admit it was that interception and some of those plays early in the game. But yeah, man, Sanders missing that, you just felt like okay, Herbie's going to go out there, have this fourth quarter comeback, and they're going to end up kicking a field goal and winning this game. But to our point, or to the point of that three point spin, Jake, I mean, if they didn't get that pass interference before the half I mean that field goal never happens and the Dolphins don't win this game so it's just crazy how football works but yeah when Jason Sanders missed that extra point I was just like oh no here we go again because for us as Dolphin fans we don't have a lot of experience with the you know kneel down let's run out the clock type of stuff the only like eventful victory like walk off the first two that come to my mind is Channing Crowder intercepting Tom Brady and Michael Thomas intercepting Tom Brady those are the two that come out to me so the Dolphins are in this very tough spot. Suddenly they're up two points, a buck 45 left in the game. Justin Herbert completes his first pass, Gerald Everett, 10 yards. Josh, the Dolphins refused to blitz Justin Herbert. This final drive, they blitz him twice. They sack him twice. I couldn't believe I found myself saying, there's no way the Chargers are going to get a second and 21. And then I got to follow that up with, there's no way the Chargers are going to get a third and 29. So just go through that final defensive drive. Obviously, it wasn't the biggest game for this defense, giving up 34 points. The Chargers were gashing them on the ground all day. But, I mean, money plays are money plays, and Vic Fangio uh, had the Scrooge McDuck looking on his eyes. Yeah, I was definitely a pessimist there, and I just felt like, you know, they were going to find a way to go downfield. I mean, all day, you mentioned Austin Eckler, what uh, I think combined, they had 240 yards rushing on the ground. I mean, they did everything they could, you know, up front and just gashed the Miami Dolphins. And I want to talk about David Long Jr. later, not but not to spin out of control, man, but I absolutely thought they were going to drive downfield. And even when it was third and 29, I mean, I, I think that's how broken I am as a Dolphins fan, man. Like, there are just so many steps throughout this game where I'm just like, there's no way um, the Dolphins are going to overcome this. And you know, uh, egg on my face, and I'm so glad they found a way. I, I try not to get too riled up during games. I'm not a big yeller. I don't throw things. I, I talk a little loud. I get that. But um, I was screaming. I had a buddy over. I was screaming. There's no way they can complete a third and 30, right? There's absolutely no way. It's mathematically impossible. And then just the way they dialed up that blitz to get that final sack, I believe they were – I believe Vic Fangio's defense blitzed the Chargers 10 times in total – Seven of those were completions by Justin Herbert. The last three were sacks. So it's so important to keep those things in mind. We'll talk more defense as we get going throughout this pod. But Joshua, we have to start with the offensive side of the football. We mentioned two of his stats, 28 for 45, 466, an average of 10 yards per attempt, three tutties, a quarterback rating of 110. Man, it's so hard to kind of embrace this game. It was a 4 o'clock game. Right before that, I was watching the Saints – and the Titans, the biggest difference as someone who watched Tannehill for years, not once did Tua look scared. Not once did he ever have that deer in the headlights look. And I think, man, that's not something you can quantify or it's not on the stat sheet. But can you think of a time Tua has ever, like, felt scared? Maybe the Titans game, maybe sometime in Buffalo under the Flores. But, I mean, it just seems like every play, third and 15, he completes it. Third and 10 late in the game, he completes it. This dude is as cold as ice. Yeah, exactly. As ice in his veins. I tweeted it out earlier today. I think um, there was that J.C. Jackson interception, and then the very next drive, very first play, he hit Tyree Kill for a 35-yard touchdown. Um, Shout-out to Cater Co. who had that German suplex sack at the goal line that forced that punt. Um, and then I think he bobbled a snap, and then at third and 15, 
dime he threw to Braxton Berrios, right? I mean, on the run, it eluded him pressure. I mean, we saw today why Tua Tungavaloa was, you know, why so many fan bases want to tank for Tua. He has the anticipation, man. He just makes plays, like you said, um, when his back's against the wall, and that's what separates him from some of these other guys. I mean, um, you see the Dolphins Twitter account tweeting that he's him. You see all these people admitting that this guy is as good as advertised, and it's just um, so nice to be a Dolphins fan and sit here after the long wait, right? We all wanted to have our next Dan Marino, and this looked like one of those Dan Marino games games right back then the defense you know struggled at times but they had this high octane offense they could just go out there and outscore everyone and uh that's what we're seeing and uh shout out to Tyreek Hill I know we're going to talk about him but again back to Braxton Berrios real quick I was a guy who thought maybe Robbie Chosen would be that third receiver Braxton Berrios stepped up big right three of five uh caught three or five passes and then the two of them were I think were on third down so clutch as hell man but shout out to Tua because he was just playing incredible when we were, t- I mean, we had months to talk about this game, Josh. Did it go as you thought it would? Because there, there were two things we said the Dolphins should do. They should run the football and they should attack outside the numbers. And they did that. The Tyreek touchdowns, man, they were doing that. Down the field, outside of the numbers. That is how you beat that Chargers defense. However, Tua throwing the ball 45 times compared to the Dolphins running the football 20 times. Tua got credit for five carries in that too. Uh, is that How big of a surprise is that to you considering the entire offseason idea of We're going to run the football more. We have to run the football against the Chargers and these types of defenses because it's all, you know, our offense is figured out. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, I wonder if he was just trying to trick us all, right? You know, trying to get us all to think that they were going to come out here and run the ball more. I mean, they were effective when they ran the ball, but there were times when you're sitting there just thinking – Come on, man. Like, we know you got Tyreek Hill. We know you got Jalen Waddle, but let's let's tone this down a little bit. You're having success um, running the football. So uh, we still got to see that to believe that. But um, we got to talk about the offensive line, right, Jake? I mean, that was something that I admittedly kind of laughed at Merrick when he mentioned Kendall Lamb and Isaiah Wynn out there starting. I was like, oh, you feel okay? You know, with Teron Armstead out, Kendall Lamb out there. I mean, zero sacks against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Um, absolute monstrous performance so shout out to them Austin Jackson looked impressive um and then Kendall Lamb again Connor Williams though there were man Austin Jackson was taking lunch money all day Tua was not sacked once but something to keep in mind here Josh because I don't think this is some overnight all of a sudden Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson are studs I definitely think they can both improve as players I definitely think Austin Jackson you consider he's I think 23 years old a former first round pick that's actually someone you cannot give up but I think what makes this even more impressive is it wasn't clean they just they just made it work at the end of the day this Dolphins team they knew they might have been a little uh had a little bit of a challenge up front with Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, but Austin Jackson, man, he did enough to keep Tua clean. Kendall Lamb did enough to keep Tua clean, and that's what's important. You can go back and watch that film. There's a lot of situations where the pocket collapsed, and yet the Dolphins had a way to work around it. There were times where the Chargers blitzed, the offensive line was overwhelmed. The Dolphins knew how to work around it, and to me, that's almost as more impressive as this idea that, hey, we can make it work. You know, we aren't going to get just so dominated. It's not going to be one player that completely derails our entire operation here. And I think that's my favorite part. You could look at anyone on that line and, you know, except the one play Liam Eikenberg played, you're not really scared that this is the guy who can completely lose us this football game. Yeah, I apologize ahead of time if I'm scatterbrained at all. I have a sick kid. They're fighting. They're all three awake now. The cat's trying to climb up here. So it's just chaos. But I do think um, we got to tip our hat to Chris Greer, right? We know he lives to wear that hat, but he told us straight up, you know, you guys are worrying about the offensive line and even the tight end unit. Didn't you mention the tight ends as well? I mean, Durham Smythe looked pretty all right as a tight end. I joked that they had their George Kittle all along. I mean, he was kind of up and down, but um, I think he had three or five targets. I had that written down somewhere. Um, But, man, it was just an awesome – 
overall great performance. I mean, no, it did not go as I expected, Jake. I know you asked that question earlier. There's literally a cat playing with paper. Yo. Um, yeah, I know you asked earlier how I – if this went as I thought, like in my wildest dreams, you know, like in my fantasy world, yeah. Um, the perfect homer world, this is how the game would have went. A shootout with Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavaloa, and Tua coming out on top. And um, we got to mention he's up for FedEx Air Player of the Week because I did a quick article on that. So, yeah, go vote for him. He's up like 90% or something. Go uh, go check that out on the Finsider as well. Uh, the passing attack, Josh, what really looked different to you? Because right away, to me, man, um, we know this Mike McDaniel offense loves motion. It likes to make defenders guess. But what I realized or what I picked up on – completely new this week was they were still using that motion, but instead of just uh, running behind the offensive line and going to the other side of the field, they were just kind of switching where they were in terms of in line, going to the outside, just kind of bouncing things pretty quickly. And it happened so fast. You, you think about the idea of someone running behind the offensive line, you kind of have a second and you have an idea of where they're going. But if someone bubbles out like that, that's not a lot of time to react and figure out what's going on. Yeah, I think um, I wish I had the at in front of me, but I think it was like Saeed Scheme did a breakdown, right? He showed last season the way they came across the formation of motion and how the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Brandon Staley, how they would kind of shift the safeties to account for that. And then this week, like you mentioned, they lined up basically right behind the tackle and they were just quickly motioning him out and they kept running this dagger. And I mean, it was just so successful. And Tyree Kill, man, this guy, he, he has to be the most dynamic player in football, right? I mean, it's just insane. I think I saw a stat where it's like – um. Tie, 10 times in his career he had over 150 yards and like two touchdowns or something there's only 10 he's tied with like Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and all these great guys I mean this guy's a game changer and he had what 11 catches I mean dude him and Tua can go to the moon if they keep this up I mean their chemistry is out of this world there was a little bit of blackjack dealing too though because uh, there were what two players with two receptions three with three and then Jalen Waddle had four receptions on five targets Selvan Ahmed zero receptions on three targets is pretty interesting but shout out Alec Engel uh there was a couple crossers where he even had a huge play it's, it's great to see him back there healthy as well uh but Josh I think it's really interesting to consider the fact last year you had Mike Kosicki and Trent Sherfield, as you're like three and four, you're pseudo three and four. They combined for 100 targets last year. That's one of our go-to back pocket stats that I'm never going to be able to forget. What's different from having those 100 targets go to Trent Sherfield and Mike Kosicki compared to River Craycraft and Braxton Berrios? What, what, what do you see differently there? I feel like they're – I mean, I don't want to say more consistent, but I feel like Mike Kosicki, you know, he didn't pick up the yak yards. You know, he he was consistent in a, in a sense, but I feel like Braxton Berrios and uh, River, even River Craycraft, you know, they kind of bring a, a little bit of a dynamic and they can find, a, um, you, you know, find those open areas in these zone defenses. And we see River Craycraft. I mean, this dude's going to be a touchdown machine, right? I mean, it's just um, everyone on offense was getting their hand. I thought at one point we were going to see an Alec Ingold touchdown. It wouldn't have been the first one, but you and I both thought we'd get one. And um, unfortunately, we did not. But, oh, man, if you're Mike McDaniel, could that have gone any better? I mean, besides the Connor Williams, you know, those mishaps there, I mean, a few of them look like it could have been on Tua, but besides Connor Williams, you know, maybe uneasy play offensively, that was a that was a hell of a performance. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And we're talking a lot about Connor Williams, rightfully so. There, it's really easy for the center to make a play that just completely derails a game. Um, I'm not ready to ready to get excuse me too concerned about it just yet. Um, he came out and said he was a little first game nerves. I'm willing to buy that. I mean, Josh. These guys are professional athletes. They're, they're, they're very smart people, too, as, uh, as talented as they are. I have little doubt that Connor Williams just sat out for an entire offseason or training camp, I should say. 
OTAs. He set up for OTAs. My apologies. I have a hard time believing he set up OTAs wanting a new contract and all of a sudden he sucks. I know there were a couple of rough snaps in the preseason, but I mean, all last year, he was solid. We don't need great from him. I think we're going to get fine throughout. I think there's a little overreaction week one, but I'm not super queasy about Connor Williams just yet. Yeah, we got to, you know, give it a little bit of time, right? I mean, even the defense, we're going to sit here and talk about how bad that run defense looked. I think last year they were ranked fourth. I mean, they got absolutely gashed, but it was week one. And when you needed them to make a play, they, they absolutely did. But back to Connor Williams, I do think it was kind of, just a maybe an off night for him and he wasn't terrible it was just some of those bad snaps you know kind of get emphasized a little bit but overall man that offensive line I'm not talking too much about Robert Hunt I don't know if I'm just overlooking him and he just used to him being that steady presence there but um Austin Jackson again uh, dude what a performance then Isaiah Wynn I think when we first signed him I think you mentioned him potentially playing left guard and the fact that he beat out Eichenberg who we all saw in the depth chart and wondered if he was going to be there um awesome stuff from the offense line shout out butch berry right hell of a performance from him and then um back to connor williams do, if he can't play a snap do you do you have any confidence in liam eikenberg uh our good pal nate, nate yeah i didn't think so either nathan rice asked this one um will ask me on twitter and i figured i'd say it for the show but um yeah i have no no hope in liam eikenberg anywhere to be honest I even went to Twitter. I, I asked people, what is the most surprising thing from the victory? And nearly everyone, offensive line, offensive line. Um, this was a unit. This was a team that only, I think it was six penalties for 38 yards. Um, Josh, how do you feel about them getting the plays off? Because I think there were still a few times where it'd be like three, two, one. But every time that clock was at three or two dialing down, Tua, the offense never looked panicked. It does feel like there is something, there's a part of this offense where that is kind of what they want to do. I understand last year it was a problem. Last year it was way too late, but I do feel like they're flirting with this idea that we want to use this play clock. I mean, you can't really blame Mike McDaniel, right? Sometimes you play online against a guy that's cheesing a Madden or something, you take the lead, you're going to milk that thing down to the last minute. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, the way Mike McDaniel looks at this game, the way he's evolving, like we mentioned with the motion earlier, I think um, the man who posted on Twitter, I mean, he was sitting there saying how this was just a unique thing that it's going to be interesting to see the way defenses game plan for it, man. So um, yeah, I think the way this thing went down was just perfect offensively and I got to throw out Eric as right I, I wanted to make sure I touched on him being our Debo jokingly but they love giving him those you know end around uh play opportunities with his legs and he looks good every time he touches that football so maybe he needs to get some touches in that backfield maybe we don't need Jonathan Taylor we have we have Debo as the the great the coolest thing I should say about watching those running plays to Eric as unfold is Usually when the Dolphins have, in my entire life, my 20 years of, 29 years of Dolphins fandom, when they try to get cute like that, usually it's an absolute mess. Usually it's a fumble. Usually they lose a couple yards. Every time, man, he had a running lane. He had absolute daylight to work with. And that was just so impressive to me. Just the development of Mike McDaniel, where we have a coach that we can trust to do things that are a little ridiculous, but they work out. Josh, how long until it's like the Chiefs where they're doing a ring around the rosy um, in the huddle and then running up to the line? Because, man... There's a lot of different things this team is doing, and it's impressive to see the confidence they all have in each other, especially their head coach, to make it successful. 9.55 Sunday night. How's that? Is that a good, They play Sunday night football against the, the Patriots this week, right? So 9.55 on Sunday night, they're going to break that out and do a little ring around the rosy. Um, Christian Wilkins will probably even be in the backfield and he'll line up at like wide receiver and they'll throw a fade or something crazy uh, in typical Mike McDaniel fashion. But, um, you know, you mentioned which was the most impressive with the offensive line. Um, couldn't we look at it from a negative perspective and maybe say the defense and how poorly they played the Chargers defense that is. 
I was talking about Miami's. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, and that's something important to keep in mind, too. And it's week one. We don't want to overreact too, too much. Josh, I want to switch over to the defense in one second. One final thing, and just one more shout-out to Mike McDaniel. The Dolphins got the ball back with seven seconds left in the first half. How many? 99.9% of every coach of all time takes a knee and goes in. The Dolphins found a way to kick a field goal. Got a shot downfield. J.C. Jackson gave him a little bit of love. That was something I think we nailed, too, this idea that J.C. Jackson, it's this name from New England. Um, I don't even want to give him credit for the interception. There was some pass interference there. But back to that play, man, going down and getting those three points, the Dolphins won by two. Those things are so important. You're used to seeing teams go into the locker room with the tail between their legs. But this team, man, they just know what to do. You're not seeing some really poor choices, and I think that's important. Week 1 to Week 17 is just sound, right decisions. Yeah, I think that's kind of, again, Mike McDaniel brings to uh, this team, you know, that outside look, a different perspective. I mean, he called a timeout, right, to force them to kick a field goal with 14 seconds left, got downfield that jc jackson no one knows what he was thinking i mean there was no chance that ball was going to they were going to find a way in the end zone and he mugged it he mugged him absolutely so um thank you jc jackson i mean i think he was one of those that was talking bad about to um one of those times when the dolphins beat new england right there's some quote out there about how he's just you know a check down merchant or something like that but um dude again this offense mike mcdaniel everything they got building it's giving me confidence i mean you got like a top they were top six last year, and they're looking like juggernauts already. I mean, come on, man. We're not used to being able to be this excited early in the season, but let's put a little water on it by talking about the defensive side of the football. Entering Sunday's game for the last three months, if you came and told me that Austin Eckler would carry the ball 16 times for 7.3 yards per a touchdown and along a 55, I would think the Dolphins are in trouble. If you were to add on top of that, that Joshua Kelly carried the ball 16 times for 91 yards in a tutty, I'd say that we got blown out by 40. Josh, how does the defense get gashed this badly and you win a football game? I mean, I want to joke, but is this that Ben don't break uh, Vic Fangio defense? I mean, my God, oh, man, it, it looked bad. And I mean, they're asking these guys up front to take on one and a half, you know, um, gap assignments. And then you're asking these linebackers who, I mean, again, we do feel like it's a weakness, right? We want to see David Long get out there. But, dude, he had 17 reps in that, and he was on the field for that huge Austin Eckler run where it looked like you could drive, you know, the magic school bus through it, right? I mean, it was a huge hole. He gave up a big play to Keenan Allen. I wonder if he just, you know, Vic Fangio is just up in the booth like, dude, get that get that dude off the field. I, I want to see my boy AVG out there. So um, no matter what the Dolphins try to do, they cannot stop the run. Um, and you wonder, I mean, what would be, di- be different, right? Jalen Ramsey be in the box. We saw Javon Holland do a lot of that stuff. Brandon Jones, maybe. I mean, it's a little concerning, but again, the Chargers offensive line is pretty good. Austin Eckler is great, but you mentioned Josh Kelly, man. I mean, he's he's a solid fan. I, I've had him in some dynasty leagues, right? He's that solid backup guy. He can maybe get you some points, but man, that all that defensive line, you know, did not instill faith in me at all. And it made me wonder why Vic fit. You know, I, I wanted Vic Fangio more than anything, but it makes you, you wonder, you know, like, what, what's he doing out there? <laughs> I want to preface this all by saying the Dolphins did not play well. And I'm going to go on this massive spin zone here. But, Josh, I think when you get into a game against the Chargers, and we spoke about it before on the preview pod, it was the Brandon Staley comment, right? It takes so many five-yard runs to equal a 50-yard completion. I do think this was partially by design, not to give up 7 billion yards per carry, but just to make sure the Chargers know the Chargers are going to score. They have an absolutely stacked roster. Know they're going to score points. 
Just make sure it takes as long as possible and it's not easy. Obviously, some of those runs are easy, but to do those 15-yard runs, I mean, you got to do those, what, five times to get into field goal range? Actually, if you start from the 25, that's a tutty. Uh, but, I mean, if you just – you have to be so consistent. The Chargers lived up to those expectations are being consistent. And I kind of think this is a game where the Chargers played the offense to beat the Dolphins' defense. They just couldn't do it quick enough. Yeah, and I guess I should backtrack and say I'm not in any way worried about Vic Fangio and what he can bring to Miami, right? I mean, it might mean that we need to go out there and get a, def a veteran defensive lineman like we've talked about many, many times or, you know, next year draft a stud linebacker because – I don't know. I mean, maybe David Long got banged up, but right now, man, that, that still seems like the weakness. But you're right. They knew what they needed to do, kind of let the Chargers grind out that clock and not beat them with the big plays. And Herbert was held for, what, in under 200 yards, I think? And um, to, to think that Tua would throw for double his yardage and then, what, three touchdowns to his one who would have thought that coming into this game, right? With the way the Chargers offense was last year. So um, do need that run game to get better, the run defense. But overall, man, when they when they needed plays, right, they made them. When Vic Fangio needed to call those blitzes, they, they got to the quarterback when it mattered most. So bend don't break, but don't give us that heart attack. I mean, my heart was breaking a little bit there towards the end. Just a quick note too. Yeah, so when you take Justin Herbert's yards and then you minus the sacks, then he's at 199. So yeah, in, in case you're a little confused by that, that's how they get to 199 total team yards. Javon Holland led the way with 14 total tackles and a tackle for a loss. Deshaun Elliott right behind him with 13 tackles, eight solo. Josh, uh, this is something we'll be able to talk a lot more about three, four games into the season, but Deshaun Elliott over Brandon Jones, is this gut thing, crystal ball feeling? Let me know, is that uh, just kind of, working Brandon Jones back or is it Elliot's job to lose? Yeah, I'm thinking it's just working, um, you know, Brandon Jones back, but who knows? I mean, that might be that difference that you need in the box, right. To help stop the run game in the future. And I think Javon Holland fits that role so well is because people forget in college, he did actually play as a slot cornerback as well. So there is that level of versatility where he can be that slot corner. He can go back, be that free safety. And while, you know, you want him to be that linebacker, I think that's still something you learn over time is just trying to dodge those offensive linemen and figure things out that way. Uh, I, I still think someone like Brandon Jones would be a total difference maker. Um, in terms of stopping the run, I did like how Deshaun Elliott played. I did like how none of these receivers really got behind the Dolphins' defense. And overall, I mean, Justin Herbert, seven yards of reception, man. You you take that eight days of the week, no, no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's just how you contain an offense. And I think if you do that and then you do the Los Angeles um, rushing stats, it, it changes everything how you feel. And I think you're kind of okay with Eckler uh, – running the ball nearly as much as uh, Justin Herbert's throwing the ball. I think you'd take that 10 days. You had him in fantasy, didn't you? You had Eckler in, in one of your fantasy no. leagues? And no? Yeah, I was just kidding. Um, what I was going to say about Javon Holland and just the Brandon Jones or Deshaun Elliott in general is just you don't want your safeties, right, leading your team in tackles, basically. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, man, they held uh, Justin Herbert in check. I do wish that they could have contained him a little bit earlier in the game on some third downs. You know, he extended the play with his legs, and that's the most frustrating thing as a Dolphins fan, man, right? We have let these quarterbacks – I mean, it's Justin Herbert. He's not like uh, – yeah, you, you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, he's a giraffe walking around the field. He's not this speedy little guy just swerving around things. He's awkward. It's it's not baby deer level, but it's, hey, I can tackle you. He's not like this big physical Big Ben monster. I mean, he could turn into that. He's still kind of young. But, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a very tackable guy, and that, that is what makes it frustrating. Um, what about X? How are you feeling about X? I know he had two critical penalties um, that kind of led to a touchdown there. Um, looked better than last season with those two messed up groins, right? But you didn't want your – stud cornerback your shutdown corner now that Jalen Ramsey's out 
committing those penalties so late in the game. And again, some of these penalties are tic tac. You know, you mentioned that Braxton Berry's got mugged on that interception. I mean, they could go either way there. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, you want to see more from your stud cornerback. Uh, seeing X with six tackles is all also a little concerning, and that, that's why the Chargers' run game was so good. They got they got so outside so quickly where you were forcing the cornerbacks, you were forcing the safeties to make the tackles. And if one guy pulls a Brent Grimes and just wants to walk out of the way instead of tackling, that's how you get a 50 yard uh, run for a touchdown. I think against a team like the Chargers, I look back to last year, Xavier Howard got mossed like three times by Mike Williams. Um, I think he came out there wanting to kind of get something back. I don't think he really got that comeback, but I didn't think he was terrible. I think he's going to give up some. I think your defense is going to give up some to Justin Herbert. Uh, but you hit the nail on the head, man. He's healthy. He's healthy. I think he's going to be all right throughout the season. And it's just a very tough benchmark week one to say, all right, how do you look against the Chargers and where are we going from there? That type of thing. Just because, I mean, all the weapons, everyone likes to talk about Quentin Johnson, but I mean, Donald Parham had three receptions. I mean, Austin Eckler had his four. So it's just, there's, there's a lot of weapons there and it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. And they had some big dudes. I mean, there were some, I think Cater Co was like lined up on Parham at one point and it was just a huge disadvantage. I mentioned um, David Long being matched up on Keenan Allen at one point. So they, they were creating some mismatches out there. I we do got a shout out our boy, Jalen Phillips. Um, He had that game ceiling sack. I mean, adrenaline in our veins, right? We were all going crazy um, when that happened. So I, I guess the only other question I have, Jake, is do you think, um, Run defense, I said, have it written down that was brutal. And Christian Wilkins, I mean, how would you feel about him? I mean, you're seeing some of these guys like Connor Williams, Christian Wilkins. These guys want to get paid. I mean, do you think maybe they're waiting to see Christian Wilkins and how he fits in this system? I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to say that he's going to take a step back by any sense of the imagination. But um, how do you feel about Christian Wilkins after that first game? If Christian Wilkins takes a step forward, he gets the contract. That step forward is maybe sprinkling an eight, nine sacks to his already stellar run defense. He had a tough time. He was, he was double teamed a lot yesterday. And, and like I said, he's not going to get those blitzes like the Brian Flores, the Josh Boyer defense would allow. So he, it's on his plate to do more. And I, if this is a trend three weeks down the road, then I'll get concerned. But for now, I, I think we're in a situation where if he takes a step forward, he gets paid. If he stands neutral, if he's the same awesome guy he was last year, I, I'm not sure I completely agree with this, but I think franchise tag. If he takes a step back, maybe you're trying to trade. I, I don't know. But right now, man, I'm not super worried. I think it's just kind of uh, waiting to see if those impact plays can come. Yeah, that's how I felt. I just thought maybe with the way that run defense kind of got washed out, you know, maybe I was sitting there thinking maybe they just wanted to see the way he, you know, went out there and played this year in this new system before we dropped off the bag. But now, you know, man, Tua keeps playing the way he does. I mean, that bag he's going to get is going to make the Dolphins pinch that, that pocket pretty, pretty help, crazy if he continues to play on this, you know, trajectory because he's just this game was out of this world offensively and the defense again stepped up get but get Vic Fangio out of the box that's what I want I want him down there with his hotel Transylvania looking face like yelling at these guys when they're getting gashed in the middle of the field instead of up there in a box where you know he's struggling to see what the heck's going on but he looks so cool out there wearing those sunglasses he looked like an absolute stud um one thing I do want to mention too because the defense didn't look great and I actually had a tweet like hey the defense played well this drive and I think they're elite again until they make a mistake next drive because it wasn't, they didn't really have any of those statement plays. Uh, but one underlying stat I thought was interesting that Jalen Phillips had seven pressures, the second most in the entire NFL this week. Do you feel that pass rush getting there? Do you think it was like last year where it was Justin Herbert kind of letting the blitz come towards him and then just throwing behind it? Was this just all simulated pressures where we're got to be a little nervous that this pass rush isn't there? Um, um, where's your queasy meter at with them? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to see more. I mean, hearing that, I mean, how well he stacked up against the rest of the league. I mean, Jalen Phillips is a stud. We already put him in the ring of honor. Bradley Chubb, we're still waiting to see him take that astronaut step. But I just felt like the the pressure was just, you know, a second too late, right? So those pressures that he got, I mean, they they had to be right inside that little, you know, thing that they they gauge to make sure that it's a considered a pressure or whatever. So I, I want to see more out of him. I want to see him get home a little bit more, but I'm not worried right now. Again, I think that run defense is what scares me most. Um, and then that middle of the Dolphins defense at linebackers, Jerome Baker made some plays, but even him in coverage, you know, they were praising him in man coverage, but then there was a play in zone where he just didn't get deep enough and allowed a completion. So overall, I want to see more out of the, the middle linebackers and that defensive lineup front, but queasy meter with the pass rushers, uh, not so much. How much points do they have to give up to the Patriots for you to get queasy? I know there's a little bit of missing context to that, but um, did you tweet? Did you tweet thirty, or was that someone else I saw on Twitter? There's so many. You know, you're scrolling through Twitter and you just see a bazillion, you know, mentions. So it probably it wasn't you, but someone said if they give up thirty, then we should worry. So, dude, I, I'd be scared. I'd be a little scared if the Dolphins gave up thirty points to Mac Jones. I mean, how many did they, how many did they score on the Eagles? Was it twenty five twenty or something, or is that a different game? That that sounds right, and it was. I a tried my best. Day. No, that you you hit the nail on the head. Um, the the Eagles actually just got up early on the Pats. I think they were up like fourteen nothing, and then the Pats slowly chipped back. I look back to last year opening day. I think the Dolphins won that one twenty to seventeen. Um, we want the Dolphins to be better this year, and we want to prove that hey, this is the AFC East. We need to make an AFC East statement. Um. I'll say 24, right? There's a lot of points scored in the league. I want to say 17, but there's such a small window for error where with this offense, the way it can operate and give your um, give an opponent just a couple more extra possessions with their ability to just kind of score on any given play, having more opportunities with the football is going to result in more points. That's something Vic Fangio is going to have to wrestle with throughout this year. But um, yeah, I'd say like 24, I think, is like the max before I'd start really panicking. Yeah, so they scored 20 on the Eagles defense. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that area now, looking at that and realizing that. But 30, dude, if they gave up 30, then I'd be, yeah, then the queasy, I'd be Joe Philbin. Again, Philip Wheeler, I'd, I'd be scared. No burgers. I think that I think that's the rule when you go into New England is absolutely no burgers. Josh, overall, man, I don't think we could ask for much more on a victory Tuesday morning, but – let me get let me get three things from you. Three players you want to see more from more from going into next week. It doesn't need to be super detailed or anything like that, but but off the top of your head, who do you want more from? More from? I guess okay, we'll go with Connor Williams. I want to see more from him. Maybe not some of those, you know, last you know, th- those snaps that we all saw out there and you know, ended some drives there, especially that first one. That was a killer. Um, so I'll go with him. And then I want to see more out of Give me Bradley Chubb. I want to see more out of Bradley Chubb. I want to see him get home. I want to see that guy that we gave that monster contract to. And then last but not least, I mean, Robbie Chose is not going to be activated, so I can't say him. I'll go with David Long Jr. I want to see more out of him because I hyped him up, man. I wasted him countless hours making these cut-ups from you, man. Got stoked that you were coming to this defense. So those would be my three guys. What about you, Jake? Who you got? Dude, you must be on Jason Sanders' payroll. You must you, – if you don't want to even talk about him or mention him – I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I think my daughter, she's sick. Like I said, I think she threw up at that point, and I came back and I didn't even see the kick. I just was trying to figure out what was going on there. So that might be why I'm letting Jason Sanders have a pass, or maybe I'm just crazy. So you're going with Jason Sanders. You want to see more out of him? Yeah, and and it's worth noting. I mean, he was he did he did drill a 71 yarder, right? Isn't that what TV said? 71 yarder. Did you see that? The graphic came up and said 71 yarder. It was for a 41 yard attempt before the half, and I was like, 
Like how? Like I thought I was on something like crazy, thinking that this forty-one yard field goal was seventy-one yards. Like what are they doing? And then it went in, and I'm like, okay, that was definitely a mistake with the graphic. So what you're telling me is that the graphics team at CBS is also on Jason Sanders' payroll. He's just paying everyone, and that's how he's keeping this job. I like it. I like it. Um, I want to see more from Eric Azucoma. I don't think it has to be someone who played poorly, but man, I every time he's on the field, he's another one of those guys your eyes just kind of dart towards. Um, it, it's really hard when you have uh, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, all these guys out there, but man, seeing him line up in the backfield, he's so huge. He just sticks out like a, a sore thumb. It's like that, that old picture of Andy Reid playing football where he was just like the biggest guy on the field and nobody was really close. And if I had to give you one more player, hmm. The offensive line, I think, if the offensive line, dude, if it plays like it did Sunday again, I don't think it was perfect, but man. Yeah, I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we're all we're 36 minutes into a victory pod, man. There's some there's some nits being picked here. Um, how about that secondary? I'd love to see an interception next week. Uh, the the biggest thing, man, what's absolutely crazy, and I'm kicking myself because I lost the quote. Here it is, Joshua. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for me to crack a egg of knowledge on your head? Crack the egg. I only see this line. I apologize, whoever wrote this story. Um, Fins or Die posted it on Twitter. So if you go to him, maybe you'll be able to find where it uh, originally came from. But since 2000, teams that rushed for more than 200 yards, allowed fewer than 100 rushing yards, did not turn the ball over, and won the turnover margin by at least two, Joshua, their record is 110 and zero before Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to DM him because he's a, he's a complete troll. And I I mean, that's some ridiculous stuff. So he probably typed this thing up and is fooling everyone. But, dude, that would be incredible. Did you see it other than him? Because I, I don't I don't know about that. I don't know about Sorty. He likes to cause ruckus. The only reason, like, it isn't, re- it isn't written something. Like, it's written like it's a screenshot. It's not written like it's just like some, some text and like a tweet or something. It, it looks like you're reading it on Miami Herald or something like that. So, yeah. I, yeah, that's why. Scary. That's what I mean. He he is a, he's very uh he he could be pretty in depth with that. So I'm gonna have to ask him if that's some bull crap because he probably saw me tweeting out all those things about Tua. You know, because did you see the different ones? Like he was fifth among uh week one most yards in week one history, and then fourth among Burrow Mahomes for four three hundred fifty plus yard games and two touchdowns. Only like four players have ever done that. He had all I had all these things listed out. So he's, you could be trolling, but. Dude, either way, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I, this has been the best victory Tuesday, and I'm just happy that I was able to, to come on here and talk to you, Jake, and you with your awesome, you know, standing up. I like it. Got the hand movements, everybody out there. If you are listening to the show and you just want to look at Josh's beautiful hair, all of our big shows, all of our flagship shows, the ones that are released with two clips, will also be on YouTube. We will tweet out those links at Houts at jmendel94 joshua continues to do the incredible cut-ups throughout the year so make sure you're following him on twitter at house and on youtube take it to the house i'm pretty sure that's what he's working with these days yeah i'm not even sure anymore how'd you do in fantasy sorry you were doing a great outro but how'd you do in fantasy this week because i was up and down i'm in so many i was up and down but i, I want to get see how you did if delvin cook gets a goose egg and if josh allen goes bananas i'll go three and one Otherwise, I'm looking like a one in three, but uh, guillotine league, I'm feeling pretty good at. I think if you make that first week in a guillotine league and you're not that first person to wear the big L and get picked out, it's a, it's a big confidence boost. Did, uh, you got on your survivors? Anything anything dramatic happened to you? Just ruin your entire 
football season? No, I mean, I got Lamar Jackson in a few leagues, so I'm a little scared there. And T. Higgins was in a league that I also had Lamar Jackson in, so that was a big stinker. But overall, I mean, you win some, you lose some. But if the Dolphins do what they did, 36-34, beat the Chargers, the whole world's watching, NFL's changing their header on Twitter. You know, everyone's sitting here saying, um, you know, I've been a fan for, for forever, a Tua fan forever, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, it's just nice to be able to sit here now and watch Monday Night Football, right, Jake, with our feet cut up and just can sit here and critique the heck out of the Jets and the, the Bills, right? They both suck. They both are terrible. And I want I want to see the Jets win, though, because I do have a bunch of Jets players in fantasy leagues. So I'm a sicko. Tech with both of them. You monster. I'm sorry about J.K. Dobbins. That like I, I was so upset when I saw that, man. Does anybody have worse luck? Just, I mean, not only does he get hurt, then you have to listen to all the reports about when you're going to come back. And he comes back. He looks awesome. J- just to get out, I think he it would torn ACL and he's done for the year already, man. That's just that's brutal. It might have been Achilles, but either way, man, it, it just right. it absolutely breaks your heart. And I mean, um, you hope he keeps with it, right? Keeps his chin up and grinds back and tries to get back out there. But isn't this a long going thing with um, the Baltimore Ravens training staff? Like, haven't they haven't there been negative reports around them and some of the injuries that have come out of there? I think Rashad Bateman might have been complaining or something. But dude, I hate to. You, you, J.K. Dobbins is one of my favorite players. And you said who has worse luck. I mean, maybe Raquan McMillan, right? Doesn't he have pretty bad luck? I mean, that was a guy who I was super high on. So your heart goes out to J.K. Dobbins, and you hope he can bounce back. But torn Achilles, man, after all those other injuries, it's going to be tough. Week one is in the books. I mentioned it a little while ago, but it's worth mentioning again. At House on Twitter. Take it to the House on YouTube. I have Twitter blue now, so you'll see more and more of my tweets going out there. But, man, I got to say. I have to say, and I started the pod with this. I'm going to end the pod with this. In my 29 years of being a fan of the Miami Dolphins, never in my wildest, wildest dreams did I think that Jason Sanders would, any kicker, would miss something with less than two minutes left to go up three, and it didn't matter. That, to me, that makes Vic Fangio that he's – so far, that's the only reason I think he's living up to the standard. The numbers all were terrible, but he knew exactly what levers to pull. The Chargers got one first down, and it went backwards like 30 yards. Man, that's just so impressive. It leaves me so speechless because the the Aaron Rodgers were Philip Wheeler's in coverage. The just walk down the field, kick the game-winning field goal. It's just so deflating. The fact it didn't matter, man, it's just, it just warms your heart. It does, and this isn't your same old Dolphins. This is the team that we all imagine, right, coming into the season. The best team we've seen in our life on paper, this, that, and the other thing. Um, they look pretty damn good, and I looked it up, WQAM. I'll make sure we have the exact. There's probably numbers after that, 950. Um, so I'll, I'll look it up for sure, and we'll, we'll tweet out the video because, again, you want to see Jake Stan, you want to see um, this um, cousin it rat's nest, whatever it is, me fighting off cats and yelling at my kids. I'll make sure we do the little cut, like, um, technical difficulties like the SpongeBob thing are like three minutes later, and then I'll cut cut that for YouTube. But, dude, I'm just happy that we're on here talking Dolphins football and that we can, um, you know, do this together because it's going to be a great season, at least if week one's any indication. We cannot wait. But that is it. That is all we have. Go enjoy your Tuesday for another Dolphins podcast. We can't wait till we talk to you next time. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.